very important as believers, as followers of Christ, that we know God, that we know him and that we are well acquainted with what he has accomplished uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, that we know him and we know what he has done. In one of Jesus's last prayers in in John chapter 17, uh, he's praying to the father and he's praying for us. And at one point he says, this is eternal life that they talking about us may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ talking about himself whom you have sent. And then in Philippians chapter three, Paul uh, echoes kind of the same prayer, the same passion, the same, uh, the same heart and idea. He says that, that I may know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So it's important that we know God. We know what he has done through Jesus, that our view of the good news of the gospel is solid. Amen. One of the things that I can remember um, early on, especially early on in my walk with the Lord, was trying to understand how all this works. A lot of, heard a lot of teaching about Jesus and the gospel and all this kind of stuff. And, and one of the, at first at least, one of the difficult things was trying to figure out how all this plays out in my life. I understood, didn't walk in it perf- perfectly, and I you know, still am not, but I at least understood and still understand the love of Jesus Christ, the love that God has for me. I understood that Jesus' death on the cross brought me life. I, I understood that. I got that. I'm reading it. Okay, I get that. I understood that earth is not my home. I am now a, uh, a resident of heaven. You know, I, I understood those things, but I had a, a difficult time understanding what to do with this. You know, what to do with myself, what I'm supposed to do personally. What, what is this? You know, I still live on this earth, even though my home is heaven. I still live here. Every morning whenever I wake up, it's still my face that I see in the morning. You know, my, my body and my brain still craved, just being honest, the same things. And I'm, I'm dealing with this. What am I supposed to do with this? My personality was the same. It hadn't changed. My, my past, the things I've seen, done, done to me, all those things, those things haven't changed. My memory was still the same. And I couldn't put my finger on it back then, but looking back in retrospect, I realized that I needed to know who I was. And I needed to know what I was supposed to be doing. I needed this question answered. What about me? (laughs) What about me? I'm hearing a lot about God, who he is, the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And I believe it all, and I love it all, but what about me? What does the Bible say about me? And whenever I say that, listen, I'm not coming from a, it's all about me standpoint. It's all about me. No, this is for me. You know, that's not the heart or, or idea that I'm coming from. I just mean, where do I go from here? Now that I've heard, Now that I believe, 
Now that I've put my faith and trust, like we were singing about this morning, in Jesus Christ, where do I go from here? What does God expect from me? What should I expect to see differently in my life? Am I supposed to just stop my life dead in its tracks and join a monastery or something? Is that how you do this whole thing? You know, there's a lot of questions concerning the life of a believer, aren't there? I mean, think about it. Some of you have been a believer for a long time. You've been walking in the faith for a long time. But still, I would imagine that you go through seasons in the faith where you ask the question, oh, what about me? One way or the other, whatever that applies to. What am I supposed to be doing? Who am I supposed to be? What's going on? And so what I want to do is I want to, if you're taking notes, I want to kind of open with this phrase because this phrase is really going to kind of lead us or the idea is going to lead us over the next three or four weeks for sure as we kind of answer this question, what about me? Okay? If you're writing things down, I want you to write this down. Understanding the person and work of the believer is equally as important as understanding the person and work of Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. Understanding the person and the work of the believer, who I am now, what I'm supposed to be doing, is equally as important for the believer as understanding the person and work of Jesus Christ. Think about it. There are two things that the words in the Bible are trying to communicate to its reader, two main things that it's trying to communicate to the reader. When we open this thing up, you'll consistently find there's all kinds of stuff, but two main things is this. One is communicating who God is, what he has done, and what he will do. And the second thing it's communicating is who we are as children of God and what we're supposed to be doing. Could you guys, looking back and, and understanding what you know about the Bible, could you agree with that? This thing points to who God is and who we are supposed to be in him. Isn't that true? Everything. Everything for life and godliness is found right here and illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Right? So, basically, I look at this and this tells me, have faith and get busy. Have faith and and get after it. Not just have faith. And not just get after it. It's have faith and get after it. Because everything that you get after is going to be blessed or not blessed by how much faith that you're walking in. I want you to turn to James chapter 2 real quick. You should already be there. And the reason we're talking about this is a lot of times, like I said, and this is true early on for me, when you spend so much time talking about everything that Jesus is and all this kind of stuff, and sometimes we forget to let people know and in on what it is that we're supposed to be doing, how this is to transform us the, um, from, from the big picture even down to the small intricate details of our lives. And I don't want to ever present the gospel that way. 
Because the gospel is all about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And so there's some way that we are involved here. And that's what I'm asking the question. What about me? James chapter 2. James chapter 2. And we'll start in verse 14. It says, and you guys are, are mostly familiar with this, I would think. It says, what use is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? And if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and be filled. And yet you do not give them what is necessary for them to be warm and to be filled. What use is that? Even so, or just like it, if it has no works, it's dead. Being by itself. Faith, if it has no works, is dead. And it's just alone. It's just by itself. He goes on to say in verse 18, But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. And he says, And I will show you my faith by my works. Then he goes on and says, You believe that God is one. Well, you do well. That's good. Good for you. Uh, The demons also believe that. And they freak out. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? He says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was Perfected, that usually in scripture, that word perfect usually translates mature. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him or credited to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers? And sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So for the believer, and I want you to write this down. For the believer, there is a partnership that exists. Hear me close. For the believer, that's all of us in this room, hopefully. There is a partnership that exists between faith and and works. It is a partnership. In other words, the job can't get done unless they are working together. When we signed up to be followers of Christ, I'm going to leave my life and follow this life. Contractually, I don't know any other word to say that. You know, we are in covenant with God. Contractually, we are obligated to faith and works. That's who we are now. We are people who operate with faith and works. We are working and we are doing things and we are doing it through faith. And we are, you guys see what I'm saying? Faith and works. Somebody over here saw the light. You know, the light bulb came on. They're like, I never thought about that. Right over there. I felt it. I perceived it. We are contractually, I don't know another word to say that, obligated 
to faith and to works. And I want to look at those two, two words because in James, he uses them. Faith, works, works, no faith, faith, no works. He uses those two words. And so I think I have them up on the screen. When he uses the word faith, it's the word, was cat here? You said that one time and I said it wrong. How does it say it? Pisties? That makes more sense. Anyway, um, faith, and now listen, just by definition of this Greek word is a conviction of the truth of whatever it is. I have faith that if I jump off this stage right now, that this floor will hold me. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I jump, I'm not going to fall through the concrete and end up in China. I know that. That's, that's like, I know that. And so applied to our walk with God, to apply to being a believer, faith translates this. A confident, solid, beyond a shadow of a doubt, faith, belief that God is real and everything that that implies, that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that the Jews have been looking for and the one that saves our soul. He is the one whose blood was sufficient to cover Wipe away, cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And that the Holy Spirit is Christ in us. That is faith. Okay, so when he says things like doing things by faith, you have your faith without works. I'll show you my faith by my works. I will show you my conviction of the truth that God is real, Jesus is Messiah, and that the Holy Spirit is living in me by getting after it. I can't help it. Here's what it is. And so this is what's coming out of me. This is what's flowing out of me. Why? Because they are partners. They work in uh, uh, partnership together, faith and works. Uh, Let's look at the word works here. It's also up there. When he uses the word works, it's the word ergon. And it's literally actions, deeds, uh, a job, a task, labor. And one of the other ways that they would use that also, that word at times, is behavior. So he's, he's like saying, listen, um, I will show you my confidence in God and everything that he is by my deeds, my works, my, the actions of my hands and life, and by my behavior, and by my love. Um, they will know you're, you're followers of Christ, Christians, by your love. That's how they know who you are, by what you do. There's a marriage between faith and and works, actions, are, are being about something, doing something, also our behavior. So ultimately, to answer the question, what about me? In other words, who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? Who I am is a person of faith in God and trust in Christ. That's who I am. Now listen, you can hear all kinds of teaching and miss that. You can hear all kinds of teaching about who and what Jesus did, all this stuff, and miss that bridge between who he is and who I am now in him. I am a person of faith. And there's so much to to even um, compile under that thought. But listen, you guys, we are people of faith. All of our all of our eggs are in the basket of God is real. He is sovereign. Nothing 
happens in this universe that doesn't first come across his desk. And all that we know about Jesus, all we know that about the Holy Spirit, that's who we are. We are people of faith. And as we go over the next few weeks, we're going to expound more on that, about who we are. Because the scripture, man, it is, is almost endless to what the scripture says, who we are now. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus, created for, for good works, Ephesians. And, and all that that means and all that that implies. And what I, what I fear, not in a, but like a concern kind of way, is that many, many, many believers are not being people of faith. And their lives reflect it. Either by a lack of works or by works that are just running around in circles with no blessings upon them. Is that possible? Absolutely. It's absolutely possible. That's part of what he's trying to say here. I do believe intensely in who God is. And I believe in what he's accomplished through Jesus Christ. And because of that, I am compelled to behave just like his word tells me to and just like his life led me to. Here's what he said. And when we read what he says, we see exactly what he did. And you see, Jesus, the Messiah, was a man of faith and a man of action. A man of faith and a man of action. I can't just listen to his words. How many times did Jesus say, I'm only doing what my fa- I am only doing what I heard, see my father doing or hear my father saying? All the time. And it's the same thing for us. I can't just listen to his words. I also have to live out his life. Now, to get more specific in this, because that is kind of a general kind of a thing, you know, understanding the person in the work, you know, for me to answer the question, what about me? I need to understand the, who we are and all that. That's kind of general. And I know that there's, a, there's more specifics. And it really takes a, a discipline, a spiritual discipline to get more specific and find out the details of what God's word says, learning his word, being disciplined to get in there, and then also just as much dis, uh, discipline to apply it to our life and um, in every circumstances in our life. And uh, Colossians 2.7, most of us are familiar with Colossians and maybe even this chapter or even this verse. It says, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. And there's a lot that he's saying before and there's a lot that he's saying after, but it, a lot of it revolves around this, that, that we are to be firmly rooted and even built up and established in our faith. Our faith, the confidence that we have, can increase. Faith can increase in our life. Our, who we are, our faith can increase. And as it does, our lifestyles will increasingly reflect the life of Christ. And that is the wonderful cycle. That is the wonderful partnership between faith and works. That we continually grow in our faith. And as we do, our actions that reflect the life of Christ will also increase. Now let's look at 2 Thessalonians because I want to show you a little bit more about that. And we're just, I'm going to read all of chapter 1. The heading over my, my uh, chapter in my Bible says, Thanksgiving for faith and perseverance. Verse 1, Paul and Silvanus or Silas and Timothy... 
to the church of the Thessalonians in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged. And the love of each one of you towards one another grows even greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you have endured. This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you will be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which indeed you are suffering. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed For our testimony to you was believed. Verse 11. To this end, we also pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of uh, faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look back over this because I want to show you a couple of things. It says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting. Because your faith is greatly enlarged and the love each one of you has towards one another grows ever greater. Right there, you see the partnership of faith and works. He actually calls it faith. He says that your faith has greatly enlarged And then he goes on to say that you guys are loving each other. You guys are knocking it out. They're loving each other. Why? More increasingly, why? Because their faith is being enlarged. The more that they know God, love God, solid in their faith, the more that they are loving each other. And I'm sure um, those who don't know the Lord as well. Right there, you see that in verse 3. You see that faith and works partnership. Then he goes on. It says that we... Speak proudly of your perseverance and faith. And when I was reading that this week, I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. I looked at that and it reminded me of of Ephesians 2, chapter 10, where it says that we are his workmanship. I am, you are his workmanship. Who am I? What about me? Who am I? I am God's workmanship. In Ephesians 2, it goes on to say, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. What about me? Who am I? I am God's workmanship. What am I supposed to be doing? Everything that he created me to do, that he created beforehand so that I would walk in him. Right there in Ephesians 2, who am I and what am I supposed to do? He says, we speak proudly of your perseverance and faith over in, in 2 Thessalonians. And there is a list a mile long of, of works. 
all the stuff that we can and should and would and ought to be doing. And I was reading this right here in 2 Thessalonians. And if there were ever a number one work, deed, job, behavior, if there was ever a, a top of the list when it comes to faith and for us to accomplish in the faith the works, if there was a first and foremost thing for us to walk in, it would be perseverance. Let me say this. Perseverance is a mighty work. We might focus on doing this and doing that and serving here and serving that. And those are all good. It's part of the mile long list. But get this real quick. One of the greatest things, the thing that helps everything to last is perseverance. Perseverance. If you look at Romans 5, 4, it says that, that trials and tribulations, which we talked quite a bit about last week and, and was encouraging all of us to, to push through trials and that those things don't last forever. Those, there's seasons of trials in our lives and God will walk us and see us through those things. But Romans 5, 4 says, trials and tribulations bring about perseverance. So what we talked about last week is leading us really essentially today. Trials and difficult things lead us to perseverance. And perseverance leads to, it goes on to say, proven character. And I was reading that this week. And proven character basically means, those two words together, basically means a specimen of tried worth. In, in other words, a, a specimen that has been tested, tried, and found worthy. Trials, tribulations, difficulties, hardship, troubles, they come along and they will produce perseverance in us. And that perseverance will produce a tried worth. That's what, that's what he's saying right there. That's the meaning of the words. A specimen of tried worth. In other words, God allows things in life that are of the more difficult nature to test us to see where we are in the faith, God allows things in life, trials, difficulties, to test us to see where we're at in our faith. And when we persevere through those trials, holding on to our banner of faith, yes, this is difficult, but praise be to the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm raising the banner of joy in the midst of this trial, rejoice in all things. Again, I say rejoice, Paul said, who was constantly going through junk, beaten and shipwrecked and all that stuff. I raised the banner. Why? Because I'm confident that he's good. And when we were able to do that, raise that banner up in the midst of trials, we passed the test. I believe. And I believe that when God sees us fit, I'll show you this, he gives us what I call a second wind. He allows us to be tested. And when we come through it, raising that flag, I believe the power of God comes upon us and gives us what, again, what I would call a second wind. And he accomplishes a greater work of power in us for us to be more in him, for us to accomplish more for him 
in our lives. Let's look at verse um, 11. 2 Corinthians 1.11. I'll show you what I mean. It says, To this end, also we pray for you always. And this is what he says. Here's what we pray for you. To this end, in view of what he just said, said right here, to this end, this is, this is ultimately what we pray. And he's, of course, he's talking about a little bit about the, the day when, when Jesus will come and he will, you know, the final days and all that. But listen to what he says. To this end, we, we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you. Now, I'm going to get real geeky real quick, and I'll even put it up on the screen for you to see, but I'm going to run through some of these words, seven words. The first one is this. To this end, we also pray that uh, for you always that our God will count. I'm going, to, I'm going to weigh you. I'm going to test and see how, you know, where you're at um, in your pursuit of Jesus, basically. And then he goes on to say that our God will count you in other words, if you are counted and, and weighed, that he will see you fit. That he will see you fit also means to be deserving. It means that you meet the requirements. Okay? This is our prayer for you. That our God will count you worthy. That he will weigh you to see if you meet the requirements of your calling. Your calling, that word literally means invitation. That our God will count you worthy of your calling, of the invitation. He has invited us. We've said yes. Now let's see if, if things are, are measuring up. Let's see if your life is, um, if we squeeze this thing, how much of Jesus comes out. You could say it that way. And look what he says. That our God will count you worthy of your calling. And, and he goes on to say, fulfill Every desire, which means every choice. And I look at this as this. You know, um, I said yes to the Lord. He, he invited me. I said, yes, Lord, I will come. Remember in Revelations, he said, if, uh, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will let me in, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. I remember the day the, door, the Lord knocked on my door. And I said, oh, yes, come in. Come in. And I became a man of faith. He says that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire. Look at this way. Everything about you that you desire, the choices that you make, your pursuit, if you will, as a man of faith. And fulfill every desire. And he goes on to say for goodness, which basically translates uprightness of heart and life. Every desire, every choice, every will, choice for uprightness of life, heart and life, goodness, kindness, everything about you as a man of faith that wants to live a life worthy of the calling and the work of faith. There's that word works, same word, ergon, duty, job, task, behavior. With power. With power. It seems, God seems to allow more grace. Look what he says. He goes on to say, so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and 
you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It seems that God allows more grace and power in life to those who choose to align their lives with the life of Jesus Christ. It seems that when our faith is increasing and we are doing things and operating as a man of faith, whether that's in trials and tribulations or when things are going smooth, but certainly in trials and tribulations according to what we read in Romans, when we are operating as that man of faith, raising that banner, God seems to go sweet and just gives us a second wind to go further and longer than we've ever gone before. Now, I in high school, I was a runner. I was a distance runner. I was a mile runner, cross-country runner, 800 runner. So I know about running. And, and this morning, I think it was Nick was talking about running the race. I thought it was very appropriate. I think the Spirit's speaking something this morning. When you are running a long-distance race, it's funny because you're running along, and at some part... At some time, your body goes, what are you doing? And your mind's kind of agreeing, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm running far. And your body just decides that it really wants to shut down. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's just natural. When we're running a race or running long distance, at some point, your body's like, I object, your honor. But those of you who have been an athlete or a runner or whatever... You know that if you will set your mind forward and understand that at that moment, your body can go a little further and you push through that pain, something happens. Just It's, it's different for everybody, but how long it takes, a few seconds, a few minutes. On the other end of that pain or that objection, something happens and your body says, okay, let's go. Because our bodies can do way more than we think they can. And by the way, Scripture says that God can do exceedingly far and above and beyond, way further than we think He can. And He will. But what are we going to do when our body objects, when our mind objects, when our spirit objects? Are we going to cave and say, I quit, or I'm going to walk for a while, or I'm going to... At that point, you have just missed the opportunity for God to go and give his breath, that pneuma, which translates spirit, into us, which will propel us forward further than we've ever been. That's what scripture tells us right here. A desire for goodness and the work of faith with power, more grace and more power when we decide as a person of faith, I'm aligning my life with Christ in every situation, every decision, every trial, every opportunity, I'm doing this God's way. When we do, you guys, I don't, I don't know that we understand this. This is what I'm saying. This is why it's important for us to understand the person and work of us as it relates to the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we understand without the person and work of Jesus Christ, we're junk. But in him, I can do all things through his strength. I can do far more than I even think that I can do in him. What what can I conjure up? God can do more than that. Just like when you're running, that second 
wind. And God wants to give us a second wind. And I know I'm, I'm going a little longer than I normally do, but I feel like this is, we need to hear this and it sets us up for the next several weeks. Few questions. Who are you? Who are you? Are you a person of faith? Have you aligned your life with the life of Jesus Christ? Are you aligning your life with the life of Jesus Christ? What is your proven character? Do you persevere through difficult times while maintaining a life worthy? Do you do that consistently? Or do trials come and all of a sudden the language comes back and the attitudes come back and the bitterness comes back and the resentments comes back? Or are you like, this stinks, it really does. But praise God. Because how we respond, when we do raise that banner, you will not be disappointed. Trials and tribulations bring about perseverance. That perseverance brings about proven character. And listen, proven character brings about hope. And hope does not disappoint. Even though you lose, you do not lose. And I want to end with this. As followers of Christ, we are, we're not called to just be conquerors, doing things in our own strength. Yeah, I can conquer this. What does Scripture tell us? We are to be more than conquerors. And all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. You guys stand. What I want to end with is today, and we're going to try to end this way every week, because there are so many things that we need to learn about who we are in Christ. And one of the ones that I'm picking for us today just to focus on and meditate on this week is this. I am more than a conqueror. Let's say that together. Would you guys commit to say that in your prayer time? Speak that over yourself. Prophesy that over yourself. Encourage yourself with that this week. I, I'm, not, I'm not just a conqueror. I'm not somebody that just gets through. I am someone that constantly acts in such a way that God allows his gust of wind to come into me. And I am more than a conqueror. I was going to show that clip. It's been kind of circulating of that girl who won the 600-meter race after falling. You guys know what I'm talking about? Did y'all see that? Go look it up. 600-meter race. Girl falls. Um, she falls, man. And not only she falls, when she falls, one of the other girls steps right on her. And if you know anything about middle-distance races, you know that you actually wear spikes, much like in sprints. I wore spikes in the 800. I wore spikes in the mile. That's a long way. Yeah, sometimes we'd even run them in the two-mile because there's portions of the race that get a little intense. I need some traction. It's time to go. So she got stepped on after she fell. She got stepped on by, someone, by one of the other girls in spikes. And if you see the video, you'll see the girl gets up. I don't know how far she was behind, but she came by. And it's only 600 meters. <laughs> it's not very long. It's, it's hard to catch up with that kind of a fall in a, such a short middle distance race. She gets up and she, I don't know what was in her. It'd be interesting to know if she was a believer. And just came back around. And she only won by just a few splits of a second. But she won that race. She is a great example of more than a conqueror. She didn't just win the race. 
she, ran the, she won the race against all odds. Amen? That's what we're called to be and called to do. Win this race. Run the race, Paul says, in such a way as to win. Amen? Let's pray.